0: This is
1: Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. My name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. And uh, for a second time, John Titus, thank you for joining me in the trenches. Germ, good to see you again, man. I love that intro. I also do. It always always winds me up for all the right reasons. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Last time you and I chatted... um, I asked if we're in a war and it was a, a strong affirmative. So my follow-up question is, in the war logbook, John, what's written down at the moment?
0: Uh, the world reserve currency <laughs> is probably transferring away from the U.S. That seems very clear to me from my, my position uh, in my vantage point in the United States. Um, and that is, that's a, there's a lot behind that. A lot has happened since the last time we've been talking. Uh, both things you you know about undoubtedly um, mm-hmm. involving Ukraine, but also things you do not know about. Unlikely that you know about them because they concern you know what to you would look like minutia in the mm-hmm. U.S., but are very a very big deal. Um, the U.S. is in a very precarious position with respect to its debt. It's got a massively high debt. Um, A lot of people say it's 130% of GDP. Um, And you have now public officials coming out and saying that the debt to GDP ratio in the U.S. is too high. It is unsustainable. And that's, that's a really colossal tectonic shift in dialogue by various people. And you hear these statements that it's unsustainable from the head of the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, from the head of the Treasury, Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, And even from BlackRock, BlackRock has a report where it says, you know, on an unsustainable path, everybody seems to agree on that on that single point. And that's a big that's a big, like I say, a tectonic shift, because for decades, you know, I grew up in the 80s. I was like, yeah, the debt's really bad. We have too much debt, you know, deficit deficits. These things are crazy. And for, you know, three or four decades, it's like, well, this is the boy who cried wolf, you Mm -hmm. know, and then there's a corresponding a countervailing chorus over that same time period said, no, no, don't worry about it. The deficits just signal that means people are confident in the U.S. dollar, you know, that that shows that people are, are, you know, the the economy is good, we're borrowing money, it's healthy, we have these debts, people believe in us and everything's okay. You just don't worry, you're pretty little head. We'll keep running up these debts. But now what you find is there's sort of a shift where everybody's saying, no, 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 the debt path is unsustainable. And what they mean basically And I I just did a video. I just recorded last night a video on this. What they mean is that basically the United States is now borrowing to make the interest payment on its debt. And interest payment, I am loosely defining that, is not only the interest on the bonds that the U.S. has, because the U.S., like every other country in the world, I'll talk about this in a minute. The U.S. borrows its currency into existence, which is insane, You know, you're borrowing your money into existence when you could just spend it into existence. It's ridiculous. But that's the situation we have. And now you have a situation where you not only have to make the interest payment, but you have a series of non-negotiable payments that are, you know, the interest payment you have to make on a debt, that's because you signed a contract, like a bond. I agree to pay 3%, you know, on this bond, on the amount of money that I borrowed. That's one contract. But there's other contracts, too, that aren't maybe... Legal contracts, but they're social contracts. And the social contracts in the U.S. for things like Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid go something like this. When you're young and healthy and you're in the labor force and you're working and you're making money, you pay into the system. And the reason you pay into the system is that when you get old and you're frail and you're out of the workforce and you're not making that much money and you need money and you need health care, we'll take care of you because you were a good person and you paid in all those years and we got your back. That's why those payments are non-negotiable. It's essentially a social contract. And now when you look at the U.S. monetary situation, its fiscal situation, you have a situation where you when you add the interest on the bonds, plus Social Security, plus Medicare, plus Medicaid, it is now in excess of your tax receipts, which means you are borrowing to make payment. It means you, you can't get out of that debt spiral. You're, you're caught. Right when you're, you're when you owe somebody, let's say a thousand pounds, and you don't pay it, you know the juice man is going to come back and say, "Hey man, you know you pay me next week. You know, you pay me fifty quid, or I'll break your hands." And you're in a situation where you're borrowing the the fifty pounds to make that payment. That's not where you want to be. It's only it's a like matter a, of time.
1: So it's an infinite borrowing of borrowing to pay back more borrowing, etc. So it's just this is continual, right?
0: You're on a a parabola. You have a parabolic increase in the debt, and that's where the U.S. is. And the Treasury, the United States Treasury, put out a report, actually in fiscal year 2020, that came out in March. And then in April of of 2021, uh, so fiscal year 20 ends in um, October of 2020. And the report came out in March of 2021. And Jerome Powell comes on, to a show and says, yeah, the debt path is unsustainable. The Treasury just released the same report for fiscal year 2021. It released that report in February. It says the same thing. Debt path is unsustainable. We are going to have to have massive cuts and we're going to have to have increases in taxation to cover our expenses. And it's it's not going to happen because the interest payments never going to go away. OK, and as a consequence of this, everybody knows that when the debt path is unsustainable, And that's what it means when you're borrowing to make the interest payment. That's what unsustainable is, even if that's not exactly what the report says. What the report says is, oh, well, you can't ever touch the interest. you got to make that bond payment. You know, you can cut Social Security and those things, but you got to make the payment. Keep in mind who's writing these reports. It's the financiers, right? Essentially, they know that you're borrowing to make the non-negotiable payment and that you have an unsustainable situation. And BlackRock says in this report, it's interesting, shortly before the pandemic hits, BlackRock says, you know, we're going to need to do something pretty radical here. And the radical thing they're talking about is QE, as it was later executed during the pandemic, exactly pursuant to BlackRock's plan. Right. So BlackRock basically anticipates the arrival of the pandemic. It's kind of surprising, like, wow, you guys wrote this report in August and saying there's there's going to be another downturn and we have to do this radical response. And sure enough, there's another downturn right around the corner. How about that? But in that same report from August of 2019 by BlackRock, they say one of the things that happens, there's two two things that happen when you have unsustainable debt like that. One is you have runaway inflation. I don't know about where you are, where I am. We have runaway inflation. Gas is out of control. Food is out of control. Uh, you know, every everywhere you see inflation, and I don't mean just a little bit. I mean, like, onions going from 99 cent a pound to a $1.69 a pound in the space of a few weeks. Okay, so that's one consequence. The other consequence BlackRock warns about is, get this, loss of world reserve currency. And it's like, oh, I, they, now that might have. Oh. In 2019, that, that to me, I read that, I was like, I blew it off. And when I went back to look at the report, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. You know, the loss of world reserve currency. And the reason I went back to it is that in March, just this month, on March 2nd, Jay Powell gets up in front of Congress, in front of the House Financial Services Committee, and a representative asks him, says, hey, you know, uh, you know, Chairman Powell, what happens? You know, we noticed that China and Russia are trading almost exclusively. They're trading exclusively in their own
1: currencies. You sent me that video.
0: Yeah. Okay, they're trading exclusively in their own currencies. And Pakistan's thinking about joining them. What effect might that have on the U.S. economy? That's the question. What effect on the economy? And Powell answers. He says, "Well, you know, it might jeopardize world reserve currency, but I don't think it will because, you know, we don't have long-term high inflation, and we don't have, you know." He says, "And another thing we have here that people like that's going to keep us in world reserve currency is we have the rule of law." (laughs) I swear, he said that. I he did say that, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, Jay." It seems to me like a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> you just deleted Russia's money, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, there, ridiculous. Isn't there a statute that says, you know, your money in the bank is kind of good? And you just like say, well, you know, we're going to cancel Russia's money. And you're going to turn around and tell me that we got the rule of law. Sounds like we got the rule of J-PAL and the Fed, not the rule of law. The law says that's money, but you say it's not money. So it sounds like you're, you're in charge, not the law. And then you turn around and say, Well, you need the rule of law to to sustain the world reserve currency. You're talking out of both sides of your mouth. But way to take a shotgun blast and just pump it into the face of the rule of law in front of the whole wide world, just just, just annihilate the rule of law, and then turn around and say, Well, you know, we needed that for world reserve
1: currency status. But that's happening right now.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So basically what's happening is that the, the U.S. is is being and it. And Powell, the other thing Powell says with that testimony is that there's been periods in history where you could have two world reserve currencies, and what he's talking about is between World War One up to World War One, it was the British pound. Mm. And by world by the you know end of World War Two, it was the U.S. dollar. There was an that overlapping period there. You had two world reserve currencies. You had the British pound and you had the U.S. dollar. And Powell refers that. He says, well, you can have two U.S. currencies. So if people are fleeing the dollar, you know, they might, they might turn to other currencies. <laughs> like, like, oh, my, is this guy for real? Did he say that? You know, is this going on right now? I, I couldn't believe that he was saying that stuff. And that's what I made a video about, is explaining why you have this phase-out of the World Reserve currency, the U.S. dollar. We're moving away from that. And what you're seeing in the U.S., is that the powers that be within the us are they're fighting tooth and nail they're doing whatever they can to cl- clutch on to their power while they still got it and they're but gonna... who's
1: driving that john who's driving what uh what appears to be the destruction of uh the dollar as a, tr- a world trading currency
0: oh uh, that would be the that would be the financiers the the top level financiers the people who own the fed and the people who owned, say, the Bank of England, and the people, the people who own all the central banks, because
1: and keep in mind,
0: Justin yes, that that wealth, he's 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 a he's like the McDonald's manager, he he's not the owner, okay, mm, mm. okay, he's like the Shoney's big boy too. Um, <laughs> I think he ate all the McDonalds. <laughs> my point is that, oh, not to get into that stuff, but. The the owners, when I said the U.S. has a debt-based monetary system, we borrow our own currency into existence. Mm-hmm. Everybody does that. There's right. only a few countries that don't do that. So Who? if, well, it, they have names like Libya, and okay. Somalia, and countries that the U.S. bombs into the Stone Age. Those countries typically, they they didn't have central banks. They didn't borrow their currency. That's what the central bankers want. And if you don't, if you're not going to borrow your own currency. The people who own all those central banks, they're, com- they're coming to get you, period. Mm. And so when you look at other countries like Russia and the, U- the China, two examples, India. India, they all have central banks too. The difference between them and the U.S. is that they have, so the U.S., if you look at that Treasury report, you'll see, you're like, oh my God, the, the debt is rising off the page because you're borrowing your own, you're borrowing to make the interest payment. And now you've got the parabola, right? You've got stage four cancer. Okay, the reason for that is you're an advanced economy. You got rid of your manufacturing a long time ago. Now you just have a big casino and the house is going to win and you're just you're going to run out. Mm. You're going to get your hands broken eventually. And the U.S. is at the stage four cancer stage. Russia and China, those countries, India, they don't have They they have cancer, too, but it's like stage one. They're borrowing their currency in existence, too, but they're way farther down in the parabola. And so what's going to happen is the World Reserve currency. It's like the scorpion on the frog. Yeah, it just bit the frog. But in this case, the scorpion is just going to jump onto another frog, right? The scorpion Mm -hmm. bit the United States frog. It's going to drown. Now the scorpion's like, oh, well, the hell with it. We'll just go to another frog. We'll go to the China frog. We'll jump on it. We'll ride it for a while. And then we'll kill it too, because that's what we do. We're parasite bankers. We're tapeworms. We're ringworms that explode out of the bottom of your foot when we need to.
1: So the bankers always win.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right, and that's. But but there's jockeying. Keep in mind, the bankers are not the face of the world. The face Mm -hmm. of the people are like our rulers, and the the face of people like World Economic Forum. Those are the faces. Yeah. Okay. The bankers, you never see their names in in public, right? I mean, nobody knows who they are. Look, look, look at the people on who came up, who washed up, and Jeffrey Epstein. OK, mm. you never see anybody from the Fed in there, do you? It's, mm. always these, it's always these guys like Bill Gates, these chumps like Bill Gates and and, and, and Larry Summers, and just these punks. You know, they, they, they're, they're just faces. They're chew toys. They're chew toys that the, that the bankers throw out there for people. Rah, 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 they bite it and they chew it and they get all worn out. The bankers are never going to show their face. Right. They're behind all of this. But there's jockeying among those face people. As to who's going to get what crumbs from the tables from on high, and right mm. now there's a lot of jockeying going on, as the, as the dollar is getting phased out, and the in the BRICS currency or the yuan is getting phased in. For sure, there's an intense uh, transition period that we're in right now.
1: But the U.S. I'm, is being I'm, I'm I'm yeah I'm in South Africa so I'm part of BRICS uh, by default. Yeah. does that does that put me put me in a in a in a better position
0: <laughs> yeah it, my country's getting flushed down the toilet man okay you could be you know, in the middle of a lake you're better than where i am i'm in a toilet
1: right it's it's ball game it's over so what is the exit strategy then i mean is there one well like i talked about you
0: last time i said you know the way out without the rule of law for people who look at my yeah it's revolution Mm. Exactly. But I mean, that's not going to happen in the US. Uh-huh. Are you kidding me? Where everybody's addicted to Facebook, addicted to drugs, addicted to sports ball, they're
1: addicted to minutia. Is it hyperbole? I mean, no. how long does this actually last? Because my parents are talking about, you know, Armageddon and their parents are talking about it. And I'm just wondering if it's this continual thing that never actually arrives.
0: No, that's, you're, that's incorrect. And I used to think that, too. I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and I, I used to hear, oh, the debt, the debt. Look at the debt clock. It's ticking away. It's mm-hmm. getting bigger. And it was like, well, nothing ever happened. It was like the boy who cried wolf, and the wolf yeah. never showed up, okay? The thing that's changed is what I'm talking about. Now you got people like Powell and BlackRock and Yellen all getting together and saying, yeah, the debt path is unsustainable. and That's what they mean. It's just like if you ever go – into an off-track betting facility where you can bet on horses, you know, Mm. remotely. And you see these guys walking around and their hands are all crushed because somebody smashed them with a ball-peen hammer or maybe a sledgehammer, but their knees are capped, you know, they're they're limping around. Those are all guys who were probably, they were borrowing money to make the interest payment. They were borrowing money to pay the juice and they got, they got smashed. That's where the U.S. is. We're borrowing money to make the interest payment. It's a mathematical certainty now. Just look at that. There's one graph in that Treasury report. You'll see it in my video. It's chart seven. And it shows, yeah, here's what happens. Your debt is going up. The chart shows, Jeremy, it shows debt to GDP ratio of eight to one. I mean, just to give you an idea right now, it's in the U.S. It's about one point three. In the U.K., it's one. It's 100 percent. In Russia, okay, it's it's 20 percent. Debt-to-GDP is way low. Once you get over that threshold, though, where you're borrowing money over 100%, it's, you're out. You're done. Unless you have a miracle thing happen, like you know, new energy source or something. But it's got to be like a miracle. Or or, or or dare I say it's CBDCs. CBDCs is a bit different. CBDCs is an attempt to short-circuit the problem of stage 4 cancer. By just saying, you know what, we're just kind of a slavery system. Mm. That way we don't have to worry about debt to GDP, because now we have human assets and it doesn't matter. It's us, the rulers, and it's our slaves running around and they can spend money that we let them spend. And if, if debt gets too much out of control, we just delete their bank accounts,
1: yeah, we, it's yeah. like,
0: it's like the Fed did with Russia. That's, that's what CBDC is but that's not a real I mean it's a real solution. it's coming but that's that's going to be the attempt to get around the debt-based monetary system and the problem the inherent problem of the parabola and the stage four cancer
1: it's just what just is is crypto then is crypto a possible alternative or parallel that's safer
0: to me it's a dark horse um because the, the, the the feds in the U.S. have shown again and again and again that they can, they can get to crypto because, and, and here's why when you buy crypto or when you sell crypto, you, you gotta, you gotta get out of your fiat money, which the powers that be track. Cause the New mm. York fed knows where every penny is. You gotta get out of it. You, you gotta sell some crypto and buy some fiat currency, or you gotta vice versa. And I mean, you do that in the system. And you do that. Yes. And you do that through exchanges through crypto exchanges and, and the, the the Justice Department, the FBI, they know all about the exchanges. They routinely search mm. the exchanges and they seize, you know, three billion, four billion dollars of crypto. Now, I'm told on by a guy who knows a lot about this, that there are, in fact, you know, legitimately crypto cryptos that you can't. Yeah. But I, I have yet to see that verified on a first-hand basis, I'd have to take somebody else's word for it. Mm. Um, but well, I don't think, I don't think it's any, I think it's a honeypot myself.
1: Well, tomorrow in Greece uh, is asking me to ask you then. Okay. So add to that conversation that you're having now, but include gold and say silver.
0: Um, what's the question?
1: Oh, is, well, is, is it's, gold, gold, yeah, in other words, in other words, is it a good, is it a, is it a, a reliable parallel?
0: Yeah. Um, it's the, it's, it's, Let's put it this way: It may be the best alternative you have, because w- with anything else, you need a counterparty, mm. right? With a bank account, you need a bank. With the crypto exchange, you need a, you know you need the exchange. You're, you're always relying on somebody else. You're relying on machines. With coins, let's just, you know say gold and silver, which has historically been money for many many eons. You know, before all of this stuff started happening, you, there's no counterparty. It's it's real money. It's, it's not, well, it's an asset here and it's a debt there. It's money, but well, you could use that mm-hmm. money to pay off debts and you can carry it around. And you can carry it around a relative secrecy too. I mean, you can always, you know, melt your gold bar down.
1: Yeah, you and know, you can make, hide it. And...
0: Well, you could make golf clubs out of them and go on vacation, mm-hmm. you know, paint them. You, you know what I mean? There's, there's ways you could transport that around and it is universally recognized. I knew a boxer who worked in security in Las Vegas for a long time. He was a very successful boxer. And he told me one time, he said, um, half of casinos in Vegas will change your gold into chips. He says that all of them will if, if you know somebody, but half of them will, even if you don't know somebody, they have the, the, the means to assay your gold, determine it's, it's legitimate, and they'll change your gold into chips, which is the same as changing it into cash. And if he's saying that about Vegas, that's also true everywhere else in the world. So think about that. If you walk in with mm. gold bar to a casino, you can change that into chips and you can do whatever you want. Wherever you are, you've got cash if you've got gold. So I'd say to the to the questioner, yeah, that's that's probably your best alternative. In um, my in my
1: opinion, barter is probably the safest.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not as it yeah, it's it's, it's not as easy, but it's sure. uh, it's not as fungible as gold, but that's another alternative in the US. I'll just use that the US is what I know. And I'll just I'll just use the example. Mm. And you heard Karsten say in that clip back in, in October of 2020. I'll use Karsten's statement because that's actually a good statement. He says the the problem with cash is we don't know who has it, we don't know who has a hundred dollar bill, we don't know who has a thousand peso note. He says, but to CBDC, oh we you know we know exactly where the money is and we could turn it on and off. And that's the problem with cash, is they can't be tracked, mm. right? That, and that's the deal. The other part about cash that is not—I don't think—that widely known, at least in the U.S., cash and coin are both real money. They're—they're they're defined as legal tender in the United States statutes. And what that means is that if you owe somebody a debt, and you offer to pay that debt in legal tender, the—the the de- the, the creditor has to accept that payment. And if the creditor doesn't accept that payment, the creditor is basically waived any right later to enforce that debt. Right. So if you offer, let's say you, if I owe somebody a hundred dollars and I offer them a hundred dollar bill and they say, Mm -hmm. no, no, I, you know, I want crypto or whatever they say. And they later try to come after me and and I've got proof that I tendered a hundred dollar bill. The creditor loses that case. as a matter of law. So that's real money. It's not, debt money isn't really real money you can't use debt to pay off debt unless unless the other party consents mm-hmm. but then you're back to barter right so legal tender is a very powerful concept and in cash and coin like Catherine's talking about are both legal tender and they can retire debts also they're more or less untraceable I mean certainly your bank account is traceable mm. you know
1: wherever your cell phone
0: goes you know
1: your the bank account comes it's, with you it just seems so impractical though I mean if you're going to keep a lot of cash in your house and you get a robbery. You're done for.
0: Yep. That's right. That's why that's why it's important in the US where they have a lot of states where you have um, you know, gold repositories. Texas is talking about that. It's mm. dangerous to keep gold too. But I'll tell you this, Jeremy, it beats you know, it may be dangerous, but it beats the alternative. It beats the certainty yeah. of yeah. being a slave to bankers in in mm. Basel, Switzerland. I'll take I'll take the risk of cash any all day of the week. Yeah, come and get it you'll get a shotgun mm. to the face if you try but and, and I might lose I might get killed from that but I know mm. I'm gonna die
1: with the system that you got in store what now do these sanctions mean
0: well the the biggest and most important sanction is the one I talked about um which is that that the Federal Reserve basically canceled Russia's money mm. because the whole you know, the whole world's looking at that going wait a minute and Powell even said the world reserve currency hinges on having the rule of law. And the U.S. just announced it doesn't have the rule of law. That's the most important thing. That's going to prove to be a, a watershed event. That's amazing. The other sanctions, that's just the U.S. The U.S. knows it can't fight a hot war with Russia. So it's, it's throwing a temper tantrum. They try to cancel Russia's gold reserves. Like, like hey, you can't sell and buy gold with Russia. I mean, it's, the U.S. has gone crazy with these sanctions because mm-hmm. it's, its military is so watered down that they wouldn't dare set foot over there. Remember, Putin came out a few years ago and said, Hey, guess what? We've got hypersonic weapons. We're yeah. like a generation in front of you. And that's a game changer. And now you're seeing why. And the U.S. knows it's a game changer, which is, it, 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 there's an ex, there's a feeling I think in the powers that be with the neoconservatives in particular, that the powerlessness that, that they feel against Putin has led to rage. And that's why you're seeing this temper tantrum of sanctions. That's all the U.S. got. That's all. That's all. That's all we can do.
1: But I mean, are these sanctions going to hurt America more than they to yeah. hurt oh, yeah. Russia? Oh,
0: no, absolutely, absolutely. And it's going to hasten the demise of the dollar because it's just going to you're going to it's going to create more and more inflation, right? If you're restricting goods from traveling in and out of the U.S., which we're doing, like not buying Russian oil, what are you? Are you insane? You know? Mm. Are you daft? You know? Doing something like that? not going to buy Russian oil so in other words we're going to have less oil and higher gas prices we're going to have more inflation the dollar is going to be worth less you're making the situation worse it's hard to avoid the conclusion that the destruction of the U.S. dollar and the flushing of the U.S. down the toilet is not an intentional act the more you look at these things they're all shooting themselves not only in the foot but with that Russia canceling the money that's shooting that's U.S. shooting itself ahead
1: so are we heading to a global recession because of this
0: oh yeah for sure yeah i i don't i don't, I don't see how i don't 2008 see worse remember remember 2008 you know this is when i started the, the 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 scales started to fall from my eyes and i remember like gee the oil's price seems really high 144 dollars a barrel that seems out of control that was in july and the next thing you know you know fannie and freddie were teetering and then two months later bam uh, you get this recession. I, I just don't see how you can have escalating gas prices the way we have in the US. It is I where I know the gas prices at the pump now are at least as high as they were in the summer of oh eight. The next thing that happens is the recession. Because people freak out. They can't they're like I can't afford anything. You know, I gotta buy food and no one's spending money. And once the once people stop spending money and the banks stop making loans, and activity slows down. That The recessions happen when the US money supply, the retail money supply begins to decline. And if you look at the, at the commercial bank accounts in the US, just the volume, the level of accounts, you'll see it flatten off in the summer when all this is going on in, in, in lockstep with high energy prices. And that's exactly the same thing that's going on now, is you get these high energy prices and the economy is going to slow. It's just a matter of time before the, a major recession hits. I mean again in my opinion I, I don't see how that can be avoided let's let's keep this in mind russia is you know they're they're diametrically opposed to the u.s i mean it, you know russia is an enemy um mm. and russia knows full well what it's doing so does china too
1: so it could um, be propaganda
0: if if you think if you think that russia isn't aware of what it's doing you know you're, you're mistaken about that i mean russia got it has its own agenda too and they're all too happy to see the world reserve currency you know, move away from the United States, because remember the rape of Russia was a very serious thing, um, and they were they were none too happy about it. And there's a score to settle. Putin was around during that time, so there's a bit of score settling here, no doubt about it. But the move to gold, you know, everybody puts a big deal in, you know, to move to gold. That other uh, money, the currency, is backed by, by metal and all this stuff. It's just that's, it's kind of a it's kind of a, a nonsense position. Because it's just, Why? just another, because it's just another tool of bankers, right? When right. the bankers, okay, so gold backed the U.S. dollar back in the twenties, right? Mm. And when the bankers are like, you know what, we, we let's just get out of this. Let's just, let's just, the stock market's too high. Let's start shorting stuff. Let's just flush it down the toilet now. And, and they knew that the reserve currency in the U.S. was gold. Well, what did they do? They just shipped the gold overseas, and they caused they caused the the calamity in mm. nineteen twenty nine. So it's just another scheme by bankers to sort of trick people into thinking hey you know that's a reliable currency it's backed by gold well okay let's think about that do you have the gold number one and more importantly number two what's to stop these guys from breaking from breaking their word do you remember what happened in 1971 charles de gaulle is like oh yeah the dollar is backed by gold 35 dollars an ounce tell you what i've got i've got 35 million dollars in a boat here in new york harbor here you go, here's your 35 in. Give me my million ounces of gold. What happened? Nixon goes, nah, gold wind is closed. So the gold backing is really that's a head fake. But you know, it's you know, it's only it's only as good as someone's word, isn't it? In the end.
1: Okay, I see what you saying. Now
0: now what is what is good is money certain. Yeah. If you want to go back to a system where it's gold coins and silver coins, even though you don't need that.
1: Get rid of the fade. That, that,
0: that, that's a different that's it, yeah, that's a different thing. Um But the gold backing itself is is a massive head fake. There have been any number of head fakes. Another one is, oh, well, the money is backed by um, a commercial paper. That's another kind of head fake. It's just just more banker games that they play with a debt-based monetary system. Remember, we had gold-backed currency for a long time, but it was still a debt-based monetary system with the money, the U.S. was borrowing money into existence, right? And it was just like, well, you know, we've got gold backing it, though. Like, ooh, look at the gold, the shiny gold, you know? Mm. And you ignore the fact that you borrowed that money into existence. You borrowed the paper that was corresponding, allegedly corresponding to the gold into existence, and it came with an interest rate. So you
1: still got the cancer, but you're just like, oh, wait, it was backed by gold. Are you suggesting, John, that buying gold is an overplay? The the first notion you're talking
0: about, the one I'm kind of poo-pooing is the, the, the currency backed by gold. That's one notion. Okay, gold mm. is money. You don't need that. And that's what I'm saying. You don't need gold as money. As yes. a store of value? Uh, yeah, it's been a store of value for 5,000 years. It's got a, what's called a track record. that's outlasted everything. Gold thousands gold of years. Thousands of years. Okay, mm. I believe in it as a store of value. As a system of money, you don't need it. What you need for a system of money is what Jay Powell said. You need the rule of law and, and, and you need you know honesty among your government officials. And we don't, have happening. We, we don't have either one of those. And that's why the money, it's, we, you know, we have, we borrow money in existence in a system that's run by a mafiocracy. And so we've got cancer. That's, that's what's happened. But, but there's two different notions with gold as a store of value. Yeah. Thumbs up. I'm with you on that one. I'd take that $2,000 deal in a minute if I had $2,000, right? But gold is a money system that that's, that's a banker head fake. Because the bankers have the gold. They'd they, they like to make you think that they don't have the gold, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, but, you know, keep in mind, if you've read the history of the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve, the people backing the Federal Reserve, the central bankers, the, the top-level financiers, they had no problem. They would actually send people out to argue against the passage of the Federal Reserve Act. And people were like, hey, look at these, that, those big fat cat bankers. They're opposed to the, the Federal Reserve Act. We should be for it and they fooled a whole lot of people that way these are duplicitous conniving sharp-tongued you know people who have no principles at all
1: yeah yeah, right how do we buffer
0: my answer i'm not gonna like this answer i've started to collect cash and and deal with people on a one-to-one basis stop doing things electronically you know, start, don't be addicted to your computer and everything else and, and think that this, there's got to be a solution online and on the Internet. Stop it. You know, I got to stop being lazy. I got to go meet my neighbors, transact mm. business and cash that can't be traced. You know, that's 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 all I can do. Um, but but let's go back to CBDC and where it's going on with South Africa coming out. I've noticed in the U.S. the U.S. seems to be slow walking CBDC. Yeah, I saw a report come out the other day and it's like, well, the Fed will do this and the Treasury is going to do that. And then they are going to later form a steering committee and they're gonna do some more talking. And it's like, are you guys ever gonna get off your ass and do this? Because everybody else seems to be doing it.
1: I think Venezuela is also quite
0: quite far ahead. A lot of people are, for sure China's Mm. ahead. It's like, I don't really know what's going on there, but again, it doesn't really matter because it's sort of like the debt-based monetary system. The debt-based monetary system is worldwide and the CBD system is going to be worldwide too but it's way worse than the debt-based monetary system for the very reason that Carson's talked about, which is you can, and and as the fed has just done, you can turn the money on and off. Right. And you saw that in Canada with the truckers. If if you so much as donated money to the, to the truckers, they froze your bank account. Now, allegedly they later unfroze it, but it just underscores the point that the account can be frozen and unfrozen willy nilly. You know, if this if, if you're not waking up at this point and realizing, hey, man, electronic money isn't safe. I don't care if it's crypto, which can be seized by the Department of Justice or your bank account, which could be seized by that nut in Canada. You know, you're not paying attention. You, you, you've got to get into stuff that you can handle yourself, you know, and you can transact with people yourself out of view from a, a criminal class that is absolutely up to no good. The central banks in different countries. I'll, I'll use the Fed because, again, I'm in the U.S.,
1: hmm. But it's the same principle.
0: It's the same principle everywhere. So it's mm. easy it's easy to track. The Fed right now issues two forms of money. It issues reserves, which only sit in a banking circuit. You can't get reserves. I can't get my hands on reserves. It's electronic money that just trades among banks and central banks and other people with accounts at the Fed. That's one form of money. The other form of money that issues that's issued by the Fed is cash. Okay. And they're both, it's I mean, by physical paper notes, like hundred dollar bills, twenty dollar bills, and so on. Those are the two forms of money issued by the Fed. They both appear as liabilities on the Fed's balance sheet, meaning that each of those liabilities has a corresponding asset, okay? So the corresponding asset in both cases is, say, a bond. It's an IOU from the U.S. government to the holder of the bond, IOU money. So IOU $1,000 plus 3% interest, whatever it is. A CBDC... And cash circulates among people, but it can't be tracked, okay? Central bank digital currency is electronic money that is issued to people. So it's the third kind of money that will be issued by the Fed. But it'll be issued directly to people, um, and it's electronic,
1: okay? And it circumvents the government.
0: Yeah, it, it, it circumvents the three branches of the government. To be sure. Because the, the current the, the issuer of the currency of the US, the US technically has 12 issuers of money. When I say the Fed, technically what that means is the New York Fed, the San Francisco Fed, the Richmond Fed, the Dallas Fed, the Chicago Fed, the Minneapolis mm. Fed, and so on. Okay. I mean 12 regional district Federal Reserve banks that are privately owned. Yeah, owned that's important. By, they're owned by the banks in their district. But if you go on to the the website of the Securities Exchange Commission and look up who owns the banks, what you're going to find is you don't know who owns the banks. Because it's BlackRock and it's Vanguard and it's Berkshire Hathaway and it's it's all these faceless (laughs) names and you don't know who owns it. You don't know what, you know, maybe BlackRock is 60% owned by the Rothschilds. Mm. I don't know that. You know, who knows who owns it? The point is that the issuer of money in the U.S., the 12 regional district federal reserve banks, they're all privately owned. OK, the U.S. doesn't get own, have any ownership in those banks. And that's a key thing. Mm-hmm. And the other key thing is that you could you've seen with the Fed's actions just recently deleting U.S. money and, and pursuant to Carson's statement earlier from October of 2020. He said at a symposium, well, you know, we can control your money if you're trying to use a central bank digital currency. Say you got you're trying to spend ten dollars on a, on a cheeseburger and we think your social credit score is too low, you you weigh too mm-hmm. much, that, that transaction is not going through. They're going to block it. And I, I've seen other proposals floated. There was, there was a woman nominated to be officer, uh, the head of the OCC, the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency. She wrote a large view article saying, you know, the great thing about central bank digital currencies, one of the great things is that if you have inflation, you can get rid of inflation just by deleting. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. What can go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just so she said don't worry about inflation what you just do is you take everybody's central bank digital currency in their account and you just delete you know 30 percent of it and it would reduce the money supply by 30 percent, and your inflation would go away and she's writing this like, these people are not like who, who are you people she's writing this like this is a good feature you can just delete ability of money is awesome right just take this shut down your bank account and then the inflation goes away that's why cbdc's it's a sucker's bet because once you get in, you're not you're getting out.
1: Right. And it's coming. That's again, the it's, scary it's, thing. It's, it's coming. coming. It's coming. Mm.
0: Yeah. Now the, 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 question is how is it going to be implemented? And it's because the federal reserve in, in the bank of England, none of these banks, they don't have the bandwidth. Yeah. I'll just use the fed again. The U S has 330 million people. The federal reserve can't, um, can't manage. It doesn't have the resources to manage 330 million accounts. So who are what are they going to do? They're going to use intermediaries. Well, they're going to use banks. Yeah. They're going to use Google, Amazon. They're going to use basically the, the, the all-star criminal team. From the,
1: the Well, I mean, they're already team. using vaccine passports because the World Economic right. Forum wants wants that to be yeah. the digital ID, and that immediately connects to the central grid.
0: Yes, right. They they want to be able to control that money, and at that yeah. point, at that point, once you ha- let's say you had a system where there's no more cash. The the only form of money you have the central bank digital currency at that point you've solved your cancer problem. Okay. Mm. Because you don't have the par- parabola anymore because you can just delete the money.
1: But so you've got can- another disease.
0: The cancer problem goes away, but it's replaced by a problem called slavery. Yeah. That, that, that's the, that's the footnote that they're not really dropping on this that, that, yeah. Oh, well your cancer goes away, but you gotta be a slave for the rest of your life. Isn't that great? So I'd say start using cash. Start transacting in things that you could get your hands on.
1: That's basically it. Actual, actual, yeah. real things. Yeah,
0: that's it. Now, in the Great Depression, it's th- it's not that hard to do. There were thousands of currencies, local currencies in the U.S. You know people just lo- lo- localities, you know, municipalities, mm. just create their own money. You know, and just spend it into existence. And they'd say, "Hey, we're going to pay you in this money, and you can pay your taxes in this money."
1: And I've got a question. Goes into Sorry. Sorry, I interrupted you there. I've got a question. Um, okay, so how will the commercial banks fit in? Because if, it circum- if the central bank circumvents the retail or the commercial bank, what happens now?
0: That's a great question because commercial banks right now are issuers of money themselves. And what the Fed is proposing to do with central bank digital currency is to take that functionality away from the commercial banks. What it does essentially is it puts commercial banks on the same legal footing as investment banks and as insurance companies and as other mom, the pop businesses, just as businesses. Mm. And so now the banks have got to really, they've got to totally change their business model and they've got to compete. If they're still making loans and creating money out there, they got to compete with the fed, which is the bank's regulator. So it's, it's the writing is on the wall for commercial banks. Now I still think they get used because they're a valuable tool in the fed's toolkit because the fed does have jurisdiction over the banks and it, it it can tell them what to do. They they're a very useful player and it's not look it's not like the, the ownership of the commercial banks is that much different than the ownership of the Federal Reserve. There's a lot of overlap there. But the the the, central, the, the commercial banks basically are going to get into the they're going to get out of the money creating business and mm-hmm. into the into the customer service business. They'll be the face of the Fed. Yeah, we're 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 headed for some rough times. OK, we're headed for high inflation and we're headed for this control grid. But, you know, people are smart, I think. You know, when you, when push comes to people, they're not interested now because they're stuck on Facebook. They're watching sports ball or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when push comes to shove, people are pretty innovative and they'll figure out ways around the system. Um, and that's that, that that's that's what you got to pin your hopes on, because you're right. If, if If I don't pin my hopes on that, then, yeah, the train's going to come. We're stuck in the tunnel. And you know, we're going to get crushed. The thing is, there's portals out of the of the tunnel that you just don't see them yet because it's mm. dark and the light is way off. But as the light gets closer, the portals out of the tunnel, the, the you know the the, the the route out through the sewer holes, and in, in the in the trails into the into the tunnel, you know people are going to find their way out. That and that's that's what you got to, that's what you got to bank on. I mean, if if you don't bank on that, then yeah, you're going to get hit by the train and it's all over. But I don't I don't think that. I mean. I've thought I've been like, wow, but this is a bad situation. That's a bad situation. And the one thing I always underestimate is my own ingenuity when I'm when faced when I'm put into a corner. It's like, okay, now, now I'm invested in the problem. Now I'm going to get out. And there's going to be a whole lot of people in the same boat. It was like suddenly they're interested. We'll find a way out, but it's we're in for some choppy water. How does it compare to the depression? Um, it's not really the same because what happened in the Great Depression is the U.S. money supply declined by 30 percent. That The depression is, is the disappearance of money. OK, that's all it is. It's the, the money supply in the U.S. declined by 30 percent between 1929 and 1933. That's not really the scenario we're in. We're in a scenario where the Fed, in a lot of ways, it's the opposite. The Fed is, is using QE to create more commercial bank money, to create more inflation, and that's the situation we're in. And it's going to kind of force us into probably tough economic times in the U.S. in terms of it's going to be harder and harder and harder for people to make their payments. But it's going to vector a lot. It's going to push a lot of people into CBDC, I think, in, in the form of universal basic income. Um, but that's, that's a whole different kettle of fish. Because like I say, that system, it's not the cancer system. It's a slavery system.
1: But the World Economic Forum is already predicting that by 2030. I mean, they've said, they openly say on their website that, yeah. uh, the, that the U.S. Um, won't be the global power anymore and it's going to be a multipolar environment.
0: Yeah, well, it's going to be, <laughs> it's a unipolar model now. It's run by bankers and it's going to mm. be a unipolar model in 2030.
1: Okay. Yes, I yeah, see what you're saying.
0: That's the part they're leaving out, the unipolar being the banker party. Right. Okay. The locus of the power, that's undoubtedly gonna move from New York to mm. you know Beijing or wherever it goes. Could be a variety of locations. They Ooh, may it's be funny right you of
1: said it. Beijing, sure. That's yeah. scary.
0: Yeah, right. And that is scary because you remember that clip from that guy mm. Chinese guy? He's like, you know, if you guys had a social credit system, you could have totally have avoided the yellow vest movement in, in Paris. You could have just shut them down. That's that's the mentality over there. You want you want that guy running your monetary system you want that guy in charge of your bank account no I don't I, that's a that's a frightening that's an example of that's what I'm talking about it's a slavery system you can't have you expressed a, a, a forbidden opinion and so you know you can't you can't eat today that's the system that these guys dream about you, the world reserve currency has to move off of the dying economy with the 130 mm. percent debt to GDP to one that's, you know, like 20%. Like I said, it's a, to a stage one cancer, like the brics right. Okay. So that's, so that'll be one player. The other players are going to be the, the names you see now. You know, anybody mm. who's got like, you know, BlackRock, nine or $10 trillion in asset, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Right. Google's not going anywhere. Amazon's not going anywhere. Facebook. You know. the, the, those, those companies, they've built out and they've gotten huge for a reason. They're going to be a, an integral part of the sub or the infrastructure that's necessary to implement a digital control grid. So anybody who's got a material contribution to make to the control grid, they're going to be a player.
1: So that's, that's an interesting. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you.
0: It'll be a variety of of different names. It won't be just banks. You know, mm-hmm. banks like you like you've suggested. They're kind of being phased out. You know, they're they're going to be sort of customer service. It's the it's the information providers and the and the infrastructure providers you know, that are going to, they're going to be the power players. Yeah. I'm, I don't know about you, but the vast majority of people, people I talk to, they're just, they're just out of it. They're just glued to the television. Their minds have been turned into tuna fish. They mm-hmm. believe no matter how many times the TV lies to them and how many times the news lies to them, they go for it again. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, I said, did you have to watch Charlie Brown 5,000 times to figure out that he wasn't going to kick the football or did well, maybe three times is enough. But yet the news can lie to you five thousand times, and you believe the the, you, the 5, and first lie every time. You believe it, no matter what they say. You keep going back to the same. You're like you've got Patty Hearst syndrome. You've got a you've got abused wife syndrome. You keep going back for more beatings. Like you can't get. Are you addicted to? Are you masochist? Mm. And they're just like, well, you know, I think you're you're just exaggerating. You're kind of negative. You know, people are natively a creative. They got the the God spirit is a creative spirit. Okay, there's a inside of us. There is something that wants to create and wants to express. Okay, and that element that is inside that I believe is inside all of us is what is going to get us out when push comes to shove. When the light from yeah. the tunnel gets close enough, and you're like, "Holy shit, I'm going to get hit by a train," I need to do something. Suddenly, mm-hmm. you're going to look around. You're going to find the sewer hole, and you're going to climb your way out. I think a lot of people are like that. Just the human spirit is going to come in really, really handy. And I think that the these people, the World Economic Forum people, these are a bunch of dead fish. They don't have that in them. Most of them are psychopaths. I've worked for a psychopath, and I'll tell you, the one thing that I noticed about psychopaths, they don't have any creative ability at all, right? They can just glom onto what other people do. They're they're wonderful parasites, and then twist it around and sort of make it their own. But they have no native ability to create anything. And so those people who are running the situation, like the World Economic Forum and you know, the bankers, the central bankers.
1: And the, the UN created,
0: as well. UN, all these people, yeah. all, all these organizations, the World Economic Forum, the, the WHO, you know, the IMF, all of them, Bill Gates, they, they're all like mm-hmm. this. They don't have any creative ability. And the thing they're underestimating is that once the light, they, they can't see that once the light gets close enough to the people they want to enslave, those people are going to escape because they're going to find ways out and they're going to use their own native ability and their own native intelligence and their own native creativity to find escape hatches that the powers that be just
1: don't see coming that's that's for sure i I would bet i'd lay three to one odds on that one okay i've never seen so many sheep and so many zombies as i have in the last two years but equally i've never seen as many people opening their eyes
0: yeah because because the desperation gets more and more it gets gets amplified more and more right so I, I kind of woke up. I was asleep in front of my television for a long time, and I was aware there are people who are like, you know, there's chemtrails, there's all this other stuff, and I was like, yeah, 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 you know, it's fine. Don't worry mm. about it. I'm making a lot of money. System's fine. It was the bailouts. I was like, what, what? You guys are lying about everything. You're just not telling the truth about anything. Why are you lying so much? And I got interested and I started to wake up. And mm. I remember back then, this is 0809, 2010. People telling me like I've never seen. People who had been at the game maybe ten years back then, you know, maybe maybe they they knew nine eleven. It was there was something wrong with the story about nine eleven, which is a story that I never started the question until much later too. Yeah, me too. But I remember after 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 the bailouts, people telling me who had been around the block a few times. I've never seen as many people wake up who's woken up with the bailouts. So it's it's an ongoing thing. As the desperation gets amplified, more and more people are waking up. But you're right. I mean, I'm with you. It's like a geometric leap from 2008, 2009 to now. Mm. Now you go on just random message boards. You'll notice here's the tell that people are waking up. You'll notice that on mainstream websites, news sites in particular, less and less are, do they even have comment sections? Yes. And the reason, <laughs> right? The because reason for rip- that is to the, to the because mm. every time you do see a comment section, that's the first thing I do. I know what the article is. I don't even need to read the article. I just need to read the headline. Go down to the comments and just and sort the comments by most popular. And you see the most popular ones are always like, "This is utter BS. You're totally lying. This is a bunch of non. This is a direct negation of what you said last week. These people are just liars and criminals." And things like thumbs up, thumbs up, happy faces all over places. And so the comment sections are getting shut down because I mean that was on un- that would have been unheard of
1: in mm. 2008,
0: 2009, and now it's like comment sections are going away and censorship is on the way up, right? That's another tell
1: that mm-hmm.
0: the, 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 vis, you know, let's call it the, uh, the rebel team is really on the winning side. The numbers are on our side and the power is being known and it scares the shit out of them. people waking up like that. And that's why they have to rely on things like censorship and shutting down, you know, comment sections and all these other things they do, turning off people's money. Because the people are waking up, and they're waking up fast, but it's it, but it is a continuation from prior events where people have just yeah up more and more. I just wrote a huge piece uh, for Solari Catherine Austin, Fitz on sovereign power uh, and on sovereignty, mm. and what what sort of came out from my research is the power of money creation is the ultimate power. In 1520, you know Machiavelli said, you know it's really Really, the military is the power you want to have. And then 300 years later, Thomas Jefferson, you know, another really smart guy, is saying, you know what? Uh, banks are more powerful. What Rothschild, Meyer Rothschild said is, I think it was Meyer, said, I don't care who makes the laws of the country. Just give me the power over the money. Mm. Um, and, and that's kind of right. It's really, it's not the power over the money. It's the power over money creation. That's kind of the ultimate power. To finish it off, Jefferson said, "You know, 300 years after Machiavelli, banks are more dangerous than standing armies, and, and that that's true because th- there's sort of an inherent power attached to money creation. Because you need you need the ability to defend the money. To, to you know, if you have the power to create money, you need the power to defend that mm. money. But there's a bit more to it than that because um, what's happened is monetary historians have noticed, Stephen Zarlenga, in particular, who wrote The Lost Science of Money in about 2002, I think, he noticed that, you know, as soon as you had central banks with the ability to create on a wholesale level massive amounts of money out of thin air, you immediately saw the relaxation of law enforcement toward the financial class. And that's a fundamental observation there suggesting that it's not you, you when you have the power to create money you also have the power of law enforcement in your hands so it's really it's high end so the people who are waking up i would say watch who's creating your money and how it's being created because whoever has the power of money creation that they have the power and i'll give you an example a really stark example in the u.s and that was the bailouts of 2008 what happened there you had these banks, all of which the major banks had committed fraud, perpetrated massive fraud for years, and they were bankrupt. They were out of money you know, because their assets and they had committed so much fraud. Nobody trusted each other and all the assets they had really weren't worth anything. And so the system was imploding. And so what did, the, what did the banks do? They went to Congress and they said, you know what? We create the money supply in the U.S., you know, that's what the depression was. It was a contraction of the money supply. And by 2008, you had a situation where four retail banks, four commercial banks—JP Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, Citigroup, and J.P. Morgan—controlled 40% of the money supply. And what those banks said to Congress is, "Listen, you give us the money, you give us that $700 billion bailout, we'll blow your head off. Right? We'll we'll shut down the money supply. If you shut us down, you're shutting down 40% of the money supply overnight. Okay." Mm-hmm. The money, you remember how bad the Great Depression was? That was 1929, 1933. That took four years to erase 30% of the money supply. Now in 2008, you're talking about erasing 40% of the money supply over, overnight. The real question is not you know, what's going to happen. It's like, how long is it going to take your cities to burn down when people are going hungry? How many meals are people going to have to miss before your city burns down? Three, four, five? It's not going to be very many days before this whole mm-hmm. country goes up in flames give us the money or we'll kill you that's what happened in 2008 it was a coup d'etat so that that you keep your eye on where the money is and now you are talking about you know right now in the US there's 4500 commercial banks that's who's creating the retail money supply the cbdc is really ultimately at bottom a proposal to reduce the number of money creators at the retail level from 4500 to 12 how do you like that yeah you want to give you want to give them control they just threatened to blow your head off in 2008. What are they going to do now once you give them that kind of control? I mean, that's, that's, some, that's some seriously dangerous power. It's almost suicidal to let a CBDC go through. What is money, actually? Money is a, uh, it's a legal instrument that can erase any debt, period. That's what money is. Okay? So it has to be recognized by law. People think, oh, well, it's like gold and silver. That's, that, no, no. Aristotle said it. Money exists not by nature, but by law. So if you don't have a legal system, you've got barter. Okay? You have to have a legal system. You have to have the rule of law. And it's the law that creates what the money is. And it, it money is something that erases debt. We all have debts. The, the earliest form of money was like IOUs, mm. from like a, you know a rickshaw driver or something. I can't remember what it was. There's a great book by a guy named Ivo Mosley. Called bank robbery it came out in twenty twenty. It's a thin book, it's one hundred fifty pages. Read that. That's the that's if you if you're just waking up about money is read Ivo Mosley's. I maybe pre- mispronouncing his name. I emailed the guy a couple of times. And said man, this is nicely done book. It's a very tight summary of money creation and the history of money, but it's it's the ultimate power and basically it is the power to erase debt. And debt that's an important concept because mm-hmm. debt is out of the powers that be. It's what they used. It's their favorite means of control. So if you've got money, you got a way to control
1: and erase debt, they
0: yeah, don't like that.
1: Now, I don't like that. So I try not to have any debt as far as possible. Right, right. But it's upside down because if you're in that position, you become a high-risk individual.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm in the same boat. Yep, I'm in the same boat. And, the, and,
1: and then, you, then you can't actually live – um, highly effectively, or you can, but it, it beca- they they don't like you being off the grid. No.
0: no, they don't they don't like that they don't like you driving around a car and have a loan on it. Uh, I haven't had a, you know I haven't had a loan on a car in know, twenty mm. years. I haven't had a credit card in like twelve years. Mm. It's not a, yeah they don't like that for sure. Um, but you know what I'll take it, it's like listen that, those are those are wants. You know, I want things, but I don't have to have them. Mm -hmm. And I've learned over time, you know, smaller is better. A smaller house, less belongings. I found out um, about, you know, almost 10 years ago, I I had moved away from Chicago and I still had a condo up there. Um, And it was just such a pain because it was this big, beautiful condo. It was on the top floor, had 1600 square foot deck looking out over the city. Is a beautiful. And I, I cherish that thing. I was like, oh, man, this condo is beautiful. It's got this deck. It's, it's right in Old Town, which is a really nice part of town. It's great. But after a while being away from it, I was like, you know, this thing, I don't own this thing. This thing owns me. Mm. So I've learned that smaller is better. And I think, you know, ultimately, I mean, I don't know where you want to take this conversation, but the, you, you, you've got to sort of evolve spiritually to cope with yeah. what's coming. And part of that spiritual ev, ev, rev, evolution is to realize, you know, you can't put a price tag. You can't, put, uh, you know, yeah. not everything is denominated in dollars or pounds or krugerrands. Yeah. You know, there's other things that are way more important than that, and those are the things going to feed your spirit, and those are the things that are going to get you out of the jam that's coming. Being away from that stuff, all that stuff that we're around, and we think are assets, most of it's toxic. You just yeah. got to get away from it, and you got to give, you know, going out in the mountains. You know, I. I you know, I get in jams with work and stuff, legal stuff, and I, I just have to take a few minutes out in the morning and just meditate and concentrate on, like, my breathing and, like, you know.
1: Wim Hof will be impressed.
0: You know, I, to, to, to sort of ease everything out, and it's the, the, mm-hmm. once everything. I tune everything out, I immediately feel better. I mean, within the space of, like, a minute
1: or two. Yeah. I feel better by tuning the world out. John, I – I love chatting to you. I am going to let you go, but I asked you this last time and I'm going to ask you I for, again. I forget the question. Damn it. Good. <laughs> okay. So in front of you, there's a crystal ball. What do you see?
0: Uh, well, there's a guy named Jeremy said so there's a light in the tunnel. <laughs> I, I concur. I see, I see a lot more rivers and streams and meditation as the headlight approaches and inflation gets worse and the control grid tightens <laughs> um, but personally I, you know, I don't have i don't have control over any of that i have control over me mm-hmm. and what i need to do you know i'm making a move uh to a place where i have a much better network where you know it's more much more i, pl- I place a much higher value than i once did on being around family and being around people that i can interact with physically in in person right yeah and that—that's where I need to invest. I need to invest more of my time and resources in person-to-person uh, communication relationships, which, by the way, are relationships that, if they're person-to-person, where cash can be the means of transacting.
1: That also commer- makes sense,
0: yes. you know. So that's a that's a weak answer, Jeremy. It's a. It's
1: that's good crazy. enough. That's good enough. I'll give you two stars.
0: Okay, I will take.
1: Um, where can people uh, follow you?
0: Uh, I have a YouTube channel called Best Evidence. I'm also on BitChute, also on Odyssey. I think they're mirrored channels. Mm. We'll see. I've got another video coming out. How much longer I last on YouTube? But anyway, I, I try to keep it small. I don't do a lot of videos, and that's it. I don't. I'm not on Twitter. I don't, you know, I, I tune all that shit out. I, I, you know, I make these videos. I don't make videos. For early for other people I mean I do and it's gratifying to see people like my videos but I, I make it for me it's a it's a creative outlet for me mm. in a way to blow off steam about what I see going on that's what that YouTube channel is for me or you know it doesn't really matter where it is bit shoot or Odyssey as long as I make videos that's what it is so I don't do a lot of other stuff
1: John Titus thank you for joining me in the trenches
0: thank you so much for having me again good to see you
1: don't go anyway my name is Jerm, this is uh, Germ Warfare.
0: If you enjoyed this
1: podcast, please visit supportjerm.com.